0: Coming live from the Fly Studio in Commerce Township, it's the Fulfilling Life's Yearnings Podcast! And I'm your host, Blake Giovanni Thomas Soule. And if you're ready to be your best by writing the script of your life to whatever you want it to be and taking action on your dreams, then this is the podcast for you. It's time To enter the fly zone. What's up, everybody? It's the fly host you love the most, and I'm back with another episode of Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. Gosh, guys, if you could hear all of the bloopers, you'd be cracking up right now, but my phenomenal guest today is mario keel it rhymes with neo if you guys are matrix fans out there and i connected with mario on instagram reached out to her asked if she wanted to come on the podcast and she said yes so here we are today so mario is a holistic health coach and i'll let her tell you the rest of her journey from there but mario thanks so much for coming on today how are you doing
1: i'm great thank you so much for having me
0: Absolutely. So, just getting started here, um, what has been your journey? Because one of the cool things I saw about you when we were just connecting back and forth over email is that you said that that you found your purpose um, through your diagnosis. So, let's just start there. What did you mean by that?
1: So, what happened uh, to me was right after college, I had gotten diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis. So, it's been about nine years now. Um, I had been an art history major, worked full time, went to school full time, kind of lived a very stressed out college career in New York City. Uh had finished school, moved home to Southampton and had gotten a job working in the art world and got diagnosed maybe like a couple weeks later. Um, I had twitching in my eyes, which everyone just kept telling me was stress, because what you can actually do with your nerves uh, your optic nerve is you can if you clench your jaw enough because 50% of your nerves go through your jaw you can actually kind of like get them out of whack and that's why sometimes why people's eyes twitch so everyone just kept telling me and even an optometrist told me it's just stress Mm. but it was five days later and five days into this and I'm like But this is the first time in my life, like, I'm not stressed out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had a job. I just graduated college. I was moving back home to one of my favorite places in the world. I was like, I just, this doesn't make any sense. So I took myself to the emergency room. And shortly after, um, I had just also turned 23. um, And I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And I, at the time, had no idea what that meant. I didn't, I had never heard of it, you know autoimmune diseases as prevalent as they are, I think people still don't really know much about them. Um, so since then, I kind of, you know, went into not a black hole, but kind of like a pity party for myself for a couple of years and just did whatever I wanted and took medication and tried the Western medicine, because that's really the only way I knew what was going on or knew how to do anything. I had literally, like I said, no idea. Um, so I tried to educate myself as much as possible just on the disease. And my sister, Yvonne, my oldest sister, um, is very, very health conscious. And she kept reiterating how important health and diet is. And I had never really worried about it all that much in my life because I'd always been very thin and I'm tall. So it just kind of never, weight never was an issue for me. So I just always kind of assumed I was healthy, uh, And then I realized that I should probably figure this out and figure out what I'm doing wrong. And because, you know, after researching a lot about multiple sclerosis and realizing it's an autoimmune disease and your immune system is breaking down. And I said, well, how does that happen? How can you fix that? So I ended up uh, figuring out that I wanted to study nutrition for myself. Um, And I went to the Integrative Institute of Nutrition, became a certified holistic health coach. And through that, um, they really do encourage you to find your passion and teach nutrition. And I kind of hadn't really thought about that, you know, that far ahead, but I realized everything I was learning, everybody I was talking to, whether it was my friends, other people with diseases, just like everybody was just blown away by the information that I was learning and just, you know, had no idea. And I said, well, if if this is what everybody should know, why doesn't everybody know it? And like, obviously, the wellness industry has boomed, and people are really taking control of their life and their, uh, their health and their, you know, wellness on a regular basis now, which is fantastic. So I ended up starting a company uh, called MK Wellness. And I focus mainly on people with autoimmune issues, because I know exactly how they feel. Um, Since my diagnosis, though, I have not had any other symptoms. I don't have any, I never had another attack. Um, I do regularly get checkups and I regularly go to the doctor. Uh, but other than that, it's mostly just diet and lifestyle.
0: Now, to me, just listening to that, that sounds incredible how you've been able to, you know, work through that. And you did say you had like a a pity party there for yourself for a little bit, but then you got, you know, back into it as far as being uh, diagnosed with uh, MS, can you talk a little bit further about you know where that comes from and, and and what are things that us as listeners need to know about that?
1: About multiple sclerosis? Yes. So multiple sclerosis, uh, it's one of the over like eighty different kinds of autoimmune diseases, and essentially what's happening in your body is, and eighty percent of your immune system lives in your gut, so. Uh, what's happening is your immune system is breaking down and it's seeing different parts of your body as foreign rather than just natural parts of your body. So for instance, people with rheumatoid arthritis, your immune system sees your joints as foreign. So it starts attacking them and that's why they become inflamed with multiple sclerosis. It sees the, there's something, uh, called myelin sheath. It is the fatty tissue around the nerves So if you think about it, you can look at it like the lubricant that your nerves need to uh, keep sending signals, you know, for your hand to move from your brain to your hand and, you know, sending that signal without any interruption. So what's happening is my immune system sees that myelin sheath as foreign and starts attacking it. So it ends up causing kind of like a short circuit in that part of my brain And causes scars, which is what sclerosis means. It means multiple scars. So you end up having, it depends on the person, but you end up having scars on your brain, your cerebellum, and your spine. Um, So the MRIs that we get are like an hour and a half long just to test all areas and see if there's more scars, if certain ones have dissipated because they can actually go away through diet and lifestyle depending on the person. Um... And then with multiple sclerosis, it, like I said, it also depends on where the scars happen in the brain. So it depends on the nerves that they affect. So a lot, most of the most common symptoms of multiple sclerosis are, um, losing feeling in certain parts of your body, like your, uh, extremities or like, say, your, like, left leg. You can get numbing and tingling. Um, you can lose the ability to walk, which is one of the, like, most severe cases. Mm. Um, your eyes can twitch. You can lose your eyesight. Uh, incontinence is a really big one. Bout, losing your ability for bowel movements is a really big one. Um, because your nerves are so important and them being attacked in and of itself is such a sensitive feeling in your body. You can't, you know, control, like, if you have t- numbing and tingling in your leg, you, you know, obviously it's definitely related to a neurological thing. but there's kind of like nothing you can do at that point. So when you get that scar on your brain that is then affecting that body part or that organ or that ability to go to the bathroom, you kind of can't go back from that. And that's the problem. MS is such a, it's such a scary disease because once something happens, and my doctor has told me this numerous times, he's like, once something, if and when something goes wrong, there's nothing you can do Mm. and you, you can't like take it out of the body and you can't, you know, so there have been studies where people's scars have, have gone away. Um, It's really not that common and it takes a lot of work and it depends on the person and it depends on the scars and it's just a very complicated disease as they all are. I mean, it's a chronic illness. So um, fatigue and just, you know, not feeling well on a regular basis is like the main symptom of, of MS.
0: Wow. Now also, is it, was that something that was genetic that's passed on or, or, or where does that come so, from? So
1: um, it's technically related to a virus that happens based on genetics. You could get, you get viruses passed down through generations. Like most people who have the herpes simplex virus, for instance, uh, you know, like 80% has the virus, but only like 30% of those people actually get breakouts. But the virus has been passed down for generations. Mm-hmm. So I had a kinesiologist tell me years ago that it is actually related to a virus that's living dormant in your body. So once you weaken your immune system enough, that gets activated. Um, so depending on the virus that you have, it depends on the, like, I, if I had a different virus, I could have gotten lupus. Uh, my aunt on my mom's side had had lupus, uh, but other than that, autoimmune disease doesn't really run in my family, but mm-hmm. it does, it does to a degree have genetic qualities to it.
0: Now, I could geek out about that all day because <laughs> I, Me I, too. I, I love the science stuff. So just, just, just for you making that, you know, getting over that initial shock and then, um begin to learn more about nutrition and then also beginning to teach that as far as your, uh, recovery, cause you're, you were saying that you haven't had any more symptoms show up. What were the lifestyle changes that, that were very you know pivotal for you coming away from that to begin to, you know, to live your life?
1: Yeah. So, uh, when I ended up studying nutrition and learning everything that I kind of wasn't doing, um, I realized, you know, macronutrients that you need to be eating at every meal, protein, fat, and fiber, um, making sure, you know, you stabilize your blood sugar, things like this, making sure you exercise. So the main things that I've, I had to change was finding an exercise that I enjoyed because exercise boosts the immune system. It boosts endorphins. It reduces cortisol. It helps you sleep. It does everything that you really kind of need and it, it promotes this kind of, you know, and also helps you release toxins from the body. Um, that was number one was really just finding, cause I had never really worked out before mm-hmm. I had run and I'd and been a fencer as a kid. And then I ran a lot on my own in high school. And then since then, that was just kind of the extent that I, you know, did. So exercise was a really big deal for me to fit in and I was happy to. Um, so I do that on a regular basis, uh, and then diet, I've since become paleo. So, uh, paleo is what they, I guess, call like, you know, the caveman diet where there's no grains, no gluten, dairy, soy, legumes, um, barely any sugar, very low fruit. Uh, And so, for me, that's been immensely helpful in just sticking to an anti inflammatory diet. to begin with. So besides that, I didn't really have to change all that much. I was always a very good sleeper. I never had issues with that. Um, it was really just kind of figuring out what to eat, what not to eat and what, uh, made me feel good on a regular basis. And then, so since that, since I've made these changes over the course of several years, which I tell my clients as well, like, you know, any kind of lifestyle change it's an adjustment. It's not going to happen overnight. You have to allow yourself to naturally progress into it or it feels like a chore. So, you know, you want to, if you're going to start working out, find something that you like so that you don't hate going to the gym. Um, If you're going to start making paleo food, don't just eat like cans of soup, like actually eat real food and cook for yourself and but again, lifestyle changes that take time. So over, also over the course of the time, I've learned to cook on my own. And I cook now for people. And I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite things. And I kind of never thought that would be part of my life really as much as it is now.
0: That's cool. So what, what is the workout that, that you enjoy doing? Because for me right now... Uh, I'm working on increasing my, my vertical. So I do a lot of, you know, leg workouts and I run and, Mm -hmm. and so I do, you know, squats and, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So what are you doing?
1: So I do mostly like high intensity interval training. Um, but I use an app called NTC, uh, it's Nike training club. Um, the whole app is free and it's by Nike and every single workout is pretty much like having a personal trainer in your living room because there's a video and they're literally talking to you and it's either rep based or time based and so most of the workouts are about 45 minutes and uh i mean they have all different times and there's a warm up and a cool down and they're quite difficult cuz most of them and most of them are body weight mm-hmm. oriented um so one of the main things that I'm trying to focus on is upper body because I can do squats all day long. I have no problem with like <laughs> running and leg stuff. Right. But for me, like doing a push up, it's like hard. So it's really good to challenge yourself. So for me, high intensity interval training, um, gets your heart rate up, helps you burn fat, but also just kind of you know it's it's kind of like working out smarter, not just harder. Okay. You know, it's not like going to the gym for two hours. You're like. Well, what are you doing for two hours? Mm-hmm. And that there is such a thing as working out too much. Cause you can actually cause your body to become inflamed and actually disrupt your microbiome, your gut microbiome, just from working out so much because your body doesn't know how to keep burning that fuel where then there's almost like nothing to burn
0: anymore. So from listening to that, it is clear then, you know, that having that 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 healthy regimen, you know, eating eating the right foods for your body are, okay. are are crucial to you know you being able to fulfill your life's yearnings now when you're uh working with clients or for uh, for mk wellness what is that that process that you're taking them through say someone comes to you they're ha- they're wanting to improve their nutrition like what is your role in, in working with that person
1: so my role in working with people, I give them um, a client intake form, which is about 10 pages because I do need to really understand your past history of eating and kind of any illnesses from then, um, your diet as a child, kind of what really helped your d- immune system develop. Um, a lot of times I ask, uh, did you have did you take a lot of antibiotics as a kid? or even like into adulthood, do you take a lot of antibiotics now? Um, it's really focusing on the gut health because, because like I said, 80% of your immune system lives in your intestines. And if you're not, if there's any permeability, which is most likely the case, if you have a chronic illness, um, if you have food allergies, food sensitivities, if you're not addressing the issues on a day-to-day basis, and you're not finding a way to heal that major part of your body your body won't find healing you can love yourself as much as you want you can sleep as much as you want you can work out as much as you want but if you eat bad food and you eat food that you are sensitive to or like i said allergic to or you're just you know eating for the sake of eating and not nourishing yourself you're going to cause problems Uh, your body's not going to process it like i tell most of my clients Please, just as the best that they can, and like I said earlier, it's a process. So, mm. um, to first things first is is healing the gut. That's the main thing. Um, I go according to how their lifestyle is. I figure out okay, what are you eating and what not? Are you, what you are not eating. A lot of people already don't eat gluten and dairy, which is incredible because it's already like okay, great. Those are like the two biggest things to take off the list. But the next thing is sugar. Um, and the next thing is stabilizing your blood sugar. Are you eating when you're supposed to be eating? Um, are you drinking enough water? And a lot of people really just don't even do that. Uh, do you sleep? And a lot of people don't do that. So I go over stress. I make sure that they start meditating. I'm very much encourage them to find a workout regime that they enjoy. Um, and then yeah, diet is the main focus, but that's also just, like I said, part of a lifestyle change that they do all together and um, that they have to want to do. You have to want to eat a certain way or you're not going to do it and you're not going to enjoy it and it's not going to be nourishing.
0: Mm. Now for me as being an entrepreneur, well, like one of my things that I'll, I would always do is well, used to do is not sleep much and we'll stay up, <laughs> you know, towards, you know, we early in the morning. But oh, God. now, but now I'm sleeping more, you know, seven, eight hours a night. What, oh, thank God. What is it that you are, you know, recommending as far as, you know, people wanting to, you know, have, uh, have themselves be the best that they can be throughout the day? What is the hours of sleep that we should be getting?
1: Well, everybody's different. Mm -hmm. So what the studies that have come out and whatever doctors tell you these days, it's about seven to 10 hours, but it depends on the person. And I do do think it depends on for even for women, the time of the month, sometimes you sleep, and then everybody, sometimes you sleep longer one day, sometimes you don't the next day, It really, like, like last night, I slept six and a half, seven hours. Mm -hmm. But most but last weekend, I was sleeping like eight to 10 hours. Um, you know, it just depends on what's going on in your life and how much time you have. So the main focus is getting quality sleep, um, and not having distractions. Uh, I have a client that she has a problem sleeping cause she has so much anxiety, but then she wears this watch that tells her when she goes into REM sleep, which is like your actual deep sleep. And so psychologically, subconsciously while she's sleeping, she's thinking about that. So as soon as she wakes up, she checks, well, when did I actually sleep? It's like you got to stop worrying about it and you just have to actually sleep. Mm-hmm. Um sleep is the only time that your body has to stop and rest and repair for your digestion to take a full break unless you're doing intermittent fasting. Um and really just for your body to fully relax. And people kind of I mean, I live in New York City. People boast about not sleeping and they think it's funny. And it's like no, it's not though, because you know you it, you actually need it. And I remember I had this uh, friend of mine that would make fun of me for sleeping so much, and I'm like, but I feel fantastic. Right. Like why would I want to sleep less? I'm. It's so important to feel good. To like I said, give your body that time to. It's like a rest day from working out, but you need it every day. And if if it's something that you don't get enough of find ways to fit it in, get a nap in, um, go to bed earlier because you know, you can, you're just not. So just finding ways to fit in sleep and making sure that you're getting the seven to 10 hours of quality sleep. If you're having issues with either falling asleep or staying asleep, um, there are ways to like essentially make it a lifestyle change and and f- make it a habit for your body to naturally do it. It's supposed you, your body wants to take a rest every day. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, in Europe, don't they, they take like two hour breaks in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Like, you know, they know, they understand like you, your body wants to take a break and it's the, one of the best things you can do for yourself.
0: Now you mentioned just there too, you know, just talking about people who were having a, uh, a hard time trying to get to sleep or for whatever reason, like the one client you have that has the, that's anxious. What the watch. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, and has the watch. What, you know, for people who do have that hard time, like what are a couple of steps that they can take to, you know, help themselves wind down or to not be so, you know, so anxious and keep them up all, all night.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the main things, and it's it's become really, I think, more prevalent in the um, the industry, and more um, people are focusing on really getting away from having technology in your bedroom because of that blue light that essentially mimics daylight. So your body is not producing the melatonin that you need to start feeling that tired feeling. Um, and everybody's different. I don't have that problem. I fall asleep just fine no matter whether I'm on my computer before I go to bed or not. Same. Uh, yeah. And I'm very, very thankful that that's not an issue. Uh, but a lot of people do. And so the, there's there's actually glasses you can get to block the blue light. Um, or you can just make sure that you don't have technology. And you do something that calms you down. Like Even if you use your bedroom as like just an oasis and it's not TV-oriented, it's not work-oriented, it's really just the place you sleep, that's one of the best things you can do. Because when you make it into your office or your TV room, it kind of ends up You don't feel as relaxed in that setting as you could. So like I said, one of the main things is to get the blue light away from you before you're going to bed, at least like an hour or a half hour before you go to sleep. Um, For me, reading makes me very tired if I'm already on the way to being tired. So like that puts me to sleep. Meditating for me, um, is, and I encourage all of my clients, especially to meditate even at night, because it really puts your body in that calm state that like, you're not going to jump up for meditating and go for a run. Like, obviously it's like, it's that kind of like, okay, I'm going to take a break now. I really just want to relax. Like, and that's the best way to segue into sleep as well. Um, I mean, you can do yoga, any kind of, any kind of thing that brings your body into a relaxing state is one of the best things you can do. Candlelight actually mimics like dusk. So your body will start producing melatonin. So candlelight is also a very good thing to keep um as an option as well.
0: No, I love that because I, I meditate when I wake up in the morning and then like if at night I'll just, you know try and quiet my brain down because for me like when I was in college and even like when I first got out back in like 2013 from college mm-hmm. I would always have uh like I would be on my computer and then like I didn't really shut my brain down and so I would get that that sleep paralysis
1: oh uh, no yeah
0: yeah and so that so that would always be a a, a, a A thing I hated having when I would go to sleep because I didn't know what the heck was going on. But like, like, but like you were saying though, I just started, you know, you know, meditating more and, and, and just being able to to slow my brain down. So I'm not like having all this rush of thoughts go through my head right before I go to sleep. And, Mm And, and now it doesn't, I mean, I haven't had that happen in a while for me, which is really cool. But have you experienced that as well? What
1: not having a rush of thoughts
0: well having the um the uh the sleep paralysis
1: um no, I've okay. never had an issue, so um I mean, when I was a kid, I think I didn't go to sleep very well mm-hmm. but uh I didn't realize it, I didn't realize how much anxiety I had, so then I would but once I was asleep, but these days, I have no problem falling asleep and staying asleep i'm um, so it's never been an issue for me,
0: nice, so I'm looking at. know your instagram account and that's how you know i saw you on there how Mm -hmm. does how does social media you know as far as you being an entrepreneur and having your 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 mk wellness coaching uh business with your clients how does social media play a role in you um as an entrepreneur or even as uh as an autoimmune warrior and it's talking about your lifestyle how does that help you out
1: it really helps me connect with people, um, even people that don't have autoimmune diseases, because I I do work with people who don't have diseases that they just want to get healthy and educate themselves, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the best things you can do. So really, I use this as a tool to educate. Um, it helps me learn what others are doing in the industry, and it helps me show uh, either potential clients or current clients or even just people browsing my Instagram, like, things they can do to be healthy, um, ways to eat, uh, ways to lead a healthier lifestyle. Like I said, it's really mostly just about a version of educating people. So, so I adore that ability and, um, capacity because it's, it's unlimited.
0: Exactly, that's one of my favorite tools. I mean, that's how I find a lot of the people to come onto the podcast because it's always to me it's so fascinating, like people's behind the scenes stories. Because like I can see your pictures, and I'm like, huh, I want to know what's the rest of the story behind that. You know what what gets <laughs> yeah. this person up and everything, and and just you know pick their mind. So for you, you have you know quotes, um, you know food pictures, the you. Know, you you working out or even talking about going to your doctor visits. How much time are are you uh, focusing on Instagram? Is this the only tool that you use as far as social media?
1: Um, mostly, yeah. I use hmm. Facebook, but not as much. I was kind of trying to figure out how I, because w- I don't really use Facebook that much. And okay. I know they, you know, like there's like, in, there's trainings for like using, you know, Pinterest. and Right. And like what I've learned from a lot of business coaches is really there's so many social media platforms. So pick ones or pick two that you like and just focus on those. And because you can reach more people. And if you focus on the ones that you enjoy using, you're going to find people that also enjoy using it. And then, again, you'll find your demographic. Um, but uh, I spend probably, like you know, 10 to 15 minutes a day. I make sure that I, I try to post more and more. Um, and just trying to stay engaging because then I believe that's how you stay relevant and that's how people stay aware of who you are and what you're doing. Uh, so just finding time to either post a picture, post a quote, post a caption, um, post a little bit about my day. It doesn't have to be a lot. You don't have to overload people, but just enough, like I said, that you're staying present in people's kind of, you know, mind is one of the best things with social media. So I try not to spend too much time on it because it is kind of like a, you know, you can get sucked in and just right. stay on Instagram all day long. You're like so many pretty pictures. <laughs> like, but then again, and then I use, I use Facebook, um, mostly to repost articles. Uh, Cause I feel like a lot of the people that follow me on there are really also, I, I mean, I use Facebook mostly just for articles, um, because most of the, the people like and doctors that I follow and kind of just like nutrition or scientific based things that I've started following on Facebook, that's where they post their articles. And so it's so much easier. It's kind of like Twitter. It's just in like this concise place. So, um, it helps me to then kind of regurgitate information or something that I've read that I would think my, uh, followers would find fascinating or helpful for them. And so far it has, because I've gotten a lot of responses just from reposting um, something about, I think I was reposting something about going to the bathroom, like when, when you can't and like, like, you know, when, like what you need to do if you're not going to the bathroom. Okay. And that happens to everybody. I mean, I think everybody gets, you know, to be constipated or stress comes in and you don't go to the bathroom as often as you're supposed to. And just giving them a few tidbits of information and coincidentally, the article had been written by Dr. Terry Walls, who's one of my idols in regards to MS. Um, and so I, had yeah, so I reposted it and people loved it because it's, and no, it's not mine, but, you know, she was very, she, I, I was, I made it um Uh, I made people aware that it was her article that I was reposting, but just being like, hey, this is some information I think you guys would really enjoy. And that's what Facebook is good for, because Instagram, you really can only put a picture with a caption, and then that's it. And you're hoping people read that. But at least on Facebook, it's more, okay, here's the article, and clicking on it takes them two seconds um, if they want to get more into it and read it.
0: So you mentioned Dr. Terry Walls. Who else do you follow that that has been an inspiration for you? And you're like, oh, I just have to see what they're writing about today, or make sure I you know I share uh, some of their latest findings.
1: Yeah, uh, Dr. Mercola is one of the like biggest names I feel like, and he's also one of the smartest doctors I've ever um, read information about. He just is constantly up on. New information and his scientific findings, just so just even like his newsletter, um, is fascinating. And then Dr. Hyman, also, he's incredible, he's just very much in the now, in the news, um, you know, making sure that he's not giving you a biased opinion about something, he very much stands by what he, you know, his research and findings, but he tells you that. Um, Dr. Terry Walls, she is an MS. Uh, she recovered on her own through diet, uh, with MS. So I've read all of her books. And then, um, Dr. Perlmutter is a neurologist and his books are like the grain brain, uh, the brain maker, things like that, that really help you understand how your diet affects your brain. And because they are kind of like so similar in and of themselves that they give each other so much information. Um, so just being knowledgeable about that on your own is so helpful. So I love those particular ones. I mean, I'm sure I know there's more and I Mm -hmm. can't think of them right now, but they're, they're just so, um, innovative in their thinking and just smart about the way that they, uh, contribute information to people like me or, and, and just even people that are not, you know, holistic health coaches. So it's been really helpful having, uh, them like writing the books that they do
0: now as someone who is you know you're pursuing your your path as a holistic health coach and Mm -hmm. and finding your purpose through you know again your diagnosis what 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 are those things for you that just like you know irk you or or piss you off about or or stuff that you wish was more uh, prevalent on the minds of others or you're just thinking to yourself like like this needs to change. Like, what are those thoughts that go through your mind um, that you're working on improving, or even that you're just considering? You know, putting out more information about
1: um, the anti-inflammatory diet and just understanding what inflammation does to your body is one of the most important things for anybody these days because of the standard American diet, because of the literal crap that people eat on a regular basis, packaged goods, things like that. That just because we cause so much inflammation and and inflammation is natural in the body. You're supposed to, that's how you get, you know, that's how you heal from a cut. You actually have natural infl- inflammation in your brain and it's supposed to be there. Um, but it's when it becomes chronic, uh, like chronic inflammation in the gut or chronic inflammation in your liver. Um, that that's where it ends up causing disease. And it's one of the main things that I wish people would just, understand is how to eat an anti-inflammatory diet and no you don't have to be paleo you don't have to be ketogenic focused you don't Mm -hmm. have to be vegan but finding what works for you because i think a lot of people they go on these kicks and these diets and they're like oh i have to eat this way and i can't eat this and it's like yeah to a degree depending on what's wrong or and hopefully nothing is wrong but depending on what works for you because i eat paleo but I sometimes eat rice because it, you know what I enjoy it and it doesn't bother me. But I know that legumes do, so I don't eat them. But I have a lot of friends that are vegan. I don't necessarily agree with being vegan, but I'm not going to tell them that that's not right for them because to them and for their mind and their you know state of health, that's what works for them. And if they eventually segue out of that, I'm happy to help them learn what what's the best way to do that. And I want my clients to understand, um, if you, you know, eat something bad, don't see it as like this way of punishing yourself. Like, oh, like I just had gluten and now I feel like shitty about myself and now I feel shitty. It's like, no, just, you know, learn from it and move forward and stop seeing, um, what you're doing as like this negative thing. Really, just kind of looking at food as nourishing and helping, regardless of whether it's not good for you, because you have to have some kind of balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't eat healthy 100% of the time. It's just not, I mean, yeah, it is possible if you kind of stay at home all day, <laughs> but you know, it's you live in New York City or you live wherever and you just, you're gonna have french fries or you're gonna have a glass of wine and you have to enjoy your life. And so, like I said, Eating an anti-inflammatory diet is one of the best ways to just educate yourself about how to eat healthy. Okay. But then through that, finding what you enjoy in addition to just your, you know, macronutrients, protein, fat, and fiber at every meal. You know, if you want to have a glass of wine every night at dinner, don't feel bad about it, because then it's gonna have a negative effect on you. So making sure that you're at least enjoying the process because like i said when people get into these kicks where they're like i'm eating this way like they they get so stressed out about it cuz you know there is a thing called orthorexia which is where you get obsessed with eating healthy mm. and you don't and it's almost like you're not even enjoying food you're just eating for the sake of eating so that you don't what gain any weight or something like that's not how life works so like uh i feel like also finding joy in your day to day Food choices is the best thing you can do for yourself,
0: and so just to point out, so you said that 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 mindset is is crucial for that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that uh, that mind body connection, what for for your clients or for anyone you're talking with, how do you how do you help them get out of their head as far as like they're feeling bad or even guilty about? Uh, like you said, wanting to have that glass of wine or just doing things that they would typically enjoy, but they're on this crusade now to do all things that they just don't like.
1: Um, I just try to remind people like, you know, there's a lot of negative connotation around this thing called like a cheat day. And I don't really see it that way. I kind of see it as like, well, I kind of cheat all the time. (laughs) I don't have one day of the week that I'm just cheating. Like I can't, first of all, I'm not that structured. Like, I, I can't pick like, okay, I'm just going to do, eat this on Saturdays. It's like, I, my life's not that organized, but, um, like last night I went out and got drinks with a friend of mine and we, I had glass, I had two glasses of wine, but you know what? Like the, I, the whole point is you're in, I'm enjoying it. And, and I try, I try to remind them because I have this one client and she kind of beats herself up for having rice or something. And I'm like, and I tell her, I say, it's just, you know, if you're going to eat it, at least enjoy it. And if you're not going to enjoy it then what what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like what is the point of you eating it then? Like I don't understand. Are you doing it so you can punish yourself? Because th- then there's no then there's no joy in your day to day. You have to find joy in in what you're doing to heal your body because you have to love your food, you have to love yourself. You have to love your workouts, you have to love sleeping. You have to, you know, and you have to somehow um get that mind-body connection as just a natural thing. But it's a lifestyle change for some people. And it's kind of like changing a habit, which takes, like, minimum. They say changing a habit takes a minimum 21 days. But you have to be doing it for 21 days to change the habit. So I just try to remind people to really understand that no matter what you're doing, you're nourishing yourself Mm -hmm. and you're healing. And I think when they look at it from that perspective – they see it as oh okay you know having french fries is not going to kill me i'm not going to get sicker you know like i'm i can enjoy this you know and it's it's also like i tell a lot of people if they're trying to lose weight like if you're going out to eat and you're drinking wine then you can't have dessert because that's essentially dessert mm-hmm. so pick one or the other just don't look at it like you know i'm going to hate myself tomorrow i don't i don't see the point in that I, you know, I just see the point in like, you know, enjoy everything that you're doing for yourself. And if it's not great, okay, you can make it up to yourself later.
0: Right. I love that. And, and you said, you know, your life is not a structure where you're like, oh, I'm only going to eat this. Uh, at this time or have my cheat day that's uh, like
1: not possible Right? <laughs> like, it's just be realistic like i don't even have kids and i'm not married i still can't get that organized about i only have cookies on sunday like right. no i just know it's like i'm you know i mean i just don't buy cookies or make cookies so i just don't have them really right. but like if i'm gonna have one i'm just gonna have one like i'm not gonna be like oh well, what did i eat earlier a lot of people get really that and there's apps for your food diary and people get so kind of obsessed with these and to each their own. Some people, I have a friend of mine, he loves documenting every single thing he eats. I don't think that that's healthy, but to him it works and mm-hmm. to him that is. So like I said, to each their own, but finding a balance and just, yeah, you know what? I eat healthy 90% of the time, so I'm. it's okay to experience like joy in having a glass of wine or a cookie and you know every couple of days it doesn't have to be just once a week
0: right 100 percent. so for and, <laughs> <laughs> as as an entrepreneur as well for yourself like what how do you you know structure your time and, and I know it, it, it probably always varies but if, typically for you like what what are you doing throughout your day
1: um it, like I said, well, yeah, I mean, it does vary. Every day is different. Mm-hmm. I really do try to make sure I, because I get very distracted when I'm home. So okay. I like to go to coffee shops and work. Um, and there's coffee shops. I mean, every coffee shop these days has Wi Fi, which is fantastic. Uh, and it's also a really good environment because you see other people, you know, And essentially, I mean, New York is, you go to coffee shops, even just in my neighborhood, and it's just filled with people on their laptops because we're all entrepreneurs these days. And I think it's an amazing thing. Um, so for me, it depends on the day. Like today I'm doing my, you know, I scheduled you, I try to do meetings as early as possible because it helps me, um, kind of get my day started. Right. And so this is why I, p- I plan for you at 9 a.m. And then I have to go into the city and meet a client for lunch, um, at noon. And then I have a virtual, um, my, I have a client that's up in Syracuse. So I'm meeting with her at three thirty, Um, and that's via like FaceTime or Skype. Uh, so I have to make sure that I'm in a setting that I can do that. So, uh, and then, like, yeah, but yeah, every day is different. It really just depends on the meetings. It depends on, but I make sure that I, like I said, I schedule meetings, tried to do them on the earlier side. Um, but I go according to my client schedules. Everybody's lives are different. Like I have two client meetings on Wednesday. I have one at noon and then another at two. Um, I also make sure that I fit in time to get something to eat. Um, if I'm going to be in back to back client meetings. Like I'm not going to go without getting lunch. I don't Mm -hmm. do, and I also don't want to be eating while I'm with a client, but I'm not going to not eat lunch. Like I have to fit it in. So, you know, I schedule it according to what time I want to work out. So like today I've already figured out, okay, um, I've had, I technically have three meetings today. I'll be done around four 30. I'll get home probably around six and then eat some dinner and then I'll fit a workout in, which I'm happy to do because I love doing it. Um, so in my mind, it's always just kind of like, how, what's on my calendar and where does everything fit in throughout the day? Um, and then throughout the week, I, I usually plan at least a week out because a lot goes on mm-hmm. and I try to fit in, okay, when am I going to send out a newsletter or, and then, you know, while I'm traveling throughout the day, what do I want to post on Instagram? Um, what, you know, and then a lot of my newsletters and blog posts come about Based on, like I said, the articles that I read on Facebook, um, and like what's current and what I'm learning from my podcast that I listen to uh, all the time, and just kind of also what I'm reading on a regular basis. So it's kind of just like what strikes me as important information. I think these my you know followers should know. So you know, it's not always. I do. I am trying to get onto a very scheduled way of posting and things like this. But, you know, I also like to go to my clients' offices and meet them in person. So I'm not sitting in an office all day long and I don't have that much time to be, you know, okay, now I have an hour to write. I'm usually on the move. So I fit it in when I can. And I, my Google calendar is just like, I have, whether it's like doing laundry I play, I put it in my calendar and I know, and I already know I have to do it and I want to do it, but I just put it in my calendar so that I know that that's what that day consists of. And it helps me stay organized and I make a lot of to-do lists. Um, and for me, that's the best way is just, and I keep like one, uh, notebook on hand, um, that I just kind of use to jot down ideas I, I jot, if I don't have that, I jot down ideas in my notes on my calendar, I'm sorry, on my phone, Mm -hmm. my iPhone. Um, and that's like the best tool having an iPhone or, I mean, just having a smartphone is probably the best tool these days for an entrepreneur because it gives you everything. It gives you your calendar, your notes, you're connected to social media. You can text, phone call, email, um, plan your day, cancel your plans. Like it's just it's an unlimited resource and it's incredible. So, um, yeah, like I said, I use my calendar, my to-do lists, and my notes as like my main way of just staying on top of what I'm trying to accomplish.
0: So I think that's one of the cool things about living in New York. You guys can just take the train or, you know, walk to where you want to go. Whereas here in yeah. Michigan, <laughs> it's, it's more you have to drive Uh, you have to drive everywhere (laughs) so so that's yeah so that I always find that so cool to to hear people who live in cities and and how they get around but I I imagine for you um you're not experiencing like a lot a ton of burnout because it seems like you have you know I'm only working between this and this and and you have your times your periods when you're doing other things is Mm -hmm. as far as you know entrepreneurs obviously when you're first starting out with something there's there's that that urge or that sense of like you need to be, you know, like working all the time or like discovering the latest technology or the latest research and this and mm-hmm. that. But for you, when when do you you know shut it off and and just go out there and, and have fun?
1: Well, it's funny though because like I always I see it as like a I don't really ever shut it off. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm constantly working, but it is a constant absorbing information and okay. i do think that has a lot to do with the time the 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 setting that we're in in this time period based on social media because we're constantly looking and and absorbing information all the time but in regards to that i like to be reading about health um looking at wellness instagrams listening to podcasts about biohacking um i just like to do that in my free time mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> And so, um, I can shut it off whenever I want. Like right. I watch I mean, I still watch TV and like, honestly, I, when, one of the things that I do, um, is I'll, I'll wake up early. I like to eat breakfast when I wake up. Um, and that's when I watch TV, uh, on my computer. And cause like most shows don't have, like it's on Hulu or Netflix, there's no commercials. So they end up being like 20 minutes long. And that's probably how long you're eating breakfast for anyway. And I don't like to be working while I eat unless I'm like with people. Um, and like, it's like a working lunch. So I'm by myself in the morning. So that's like when a lot of my downtime is in the morning. I like to take my time getting up, uh, getting my day started. Because to me, I'm a very much a morning person. But like I said, throughout the day, it really just depends on the mood I'm in you know, what podcast is available to listen to, um, what book I'm currently reading. Uh, cause I'm reading brain maker by Dr. Perlmutter again, mm-hmm. um, just to reabsorb the information. And I bring that with me. And if I decide to read that on the train and not listen to music, so be it. It depends on how packed the train is. And if I have a, an extra hand to even pick out the book from my bag, sometimes you can't even get a seat. So reopening up a book while you're standing, holding onto a bar <laughs> yeah. is not really that easy. So <laughs> people do it, but I don't like to do it. So, you know, then I'll probably listen to some music or something. So my downtime just is really, I make sure that I, I don't, I don't have to fit it in because it's already just part of my day. Um, and then at night, like if I want to read an article about health, it, to me, it doesn't feel like work because I'm so fascinated by everything in regards to like, I should have gone to medical school as how much I love this (laughs) stuff. It's like, because it's, it's not all I think about. Um, but it is a very big because it, and you know what I think a lot of it is it, it directly affects me. So for me, I'm doing it for myself. So that in and of itself is kind of like a wave downtime because I'm enjoying It's a form of entertainment and it's a form for me. I'm a constant learner. If I could have Mm -hmm. stayed in college the rest of my life, I probably would have because I love education and I love, um, learning something new and challenging yourself. So, you know, I do think it's important that people, people who have like nine to five jobs, I think it's very important that you, because you're there and you're on somebody else's time. So I think it's important either it's in the morning or after work or whenever, find time to meditate, find time for yourself. You don't have to, the hour, the hour that you give yourself to relax doesn't have to be working out. Um, you could just be sitting and knitting if you want, like, it doesn't matter. Just something that is just for you Mm -hmm. is one of the best things you can do for yourself. And I think it's becoming very common because I'm seeing so much on Instagram and so many articles from mind, body green about like, you know, wellness care, like self-care Sundays and like, you know, self care weekends and like, what are you doing this weekend to k- take care of yourself? And I don't think it should just be organized to a weekend. I think it should be every day. If if your version of relaxation is taking a bath and you want to do that every day or every other day, do it. Great. Don't feel guilty about about what you need and self care. No, is not selfish. It's important and it's helpful. So, being an entrepreneur, um, just finding time for yourself. And, you know, realizing that you are doing this for you, you know, your job, your that you've created is still, you know, in a way, it's still a self care ritual, because, you know, you're, you're, you're creating your own happiness. So I think it's such a compliment that you're giving yourself, because you're like, I'm doing what I love for me all the
0: time. And if you can see me right now, my head is just nodding up and down. I'm like, yeah, that that makes. <laughs> well, that's so how we feel because exactly. we get so
1: excited about what we do, and I think that's like the best thing. Like that's what I said, like going to coffee shops and seeing all these people on their computers. Like I hope that they love what they're doing because to me it's so interesting, and it's like, I mean, it's New York, so people are doing the craziest stuff, and it's it's fascinating to watch people just like light up when they. When they're doing something they love,
0: and yeah, I think it was cool too that you were saying, you know, education to you is entertainment, and that's that's how I feel about it. You know, I'm always mm-hmm. re- reading some personal development or or. Or listening to something else about body language, eye contact—just those are the the psychological things that I'm interested in. And then obviously hearing people tell their stories and about what what lights them up. So those are always cool. So I like that a lot. Now, as far as as far as your your day to day, are you also like doing speeches and and or anything like that, or just mainly just working with your clients and then also uh, doing the um, the meal prepping?
1: Um, yeah, just mostly right now, it's just working with clients and meal Mm -hmm. prepping. Um, I would love to do speeches and I definitely have that as something that I'm manifesting and as a goal for the future. Um, you know, some, I don't know if you have the same feeling, but do you sometimes feel like you don't know enough to like talk to people about things? hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, but you just have to do it. So I know like this, you know, your, your invitation to do a podcast, um, it came about and, and I was thrilled out of my mind to be doing it. Cause I, I just want to talk about what I love to people who want to hear about it. And, um, and I do feel like I know enough now and you, you're, you eventually gain that confidence. Um, and like I said, because I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly reading and absorbing information and, and, uh, teaching myself what I should and shouldn't do. And in, in regards to health. So, um, no, so I would absolutely love to be eventually do talks. And I know when they come about that I'll be prepared for it.
0: So guys, you heard it here first. But no, I think <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I mean, for me, just listening, I, I've learned a hell of a lot more information, just just more, you know, I learned about it when I was in school and just taking my science classes, but also just hearing it from a real person, like I feel mm-hmm. is is that whole the whole thing that makes it stick like it's someone's actual story as opposed to just reading it in in the textbook and it's just like facts about such and such or this is how this occurs so yeah i I definitely love hearing it firsthand because all the people i've spoken with whoever who've had any sort of diagnoses and i just pick their minds apart about (laughs) oh what about this or how do you deal with that because they just know i mean i still
1: do that i Mm -hmm. love it yeah, it's just, it's fascinating. I like to see how people, you know, what they've learned and where they've learned it. So, like I said, like the biohacking I, I and the people that I, like Luke's stories podcast, I, I don't know some of the stuff he talks about. And he just got into it just because he's fascinated by it. He's not even sick. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, my God, like, how, like the way that other people's minds think, it's just like so cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is phenomenal. So, everyone... I'm Blake Sule that was Mario. We have a couple more questions for you Mario so one of the okay. one of the things and, and you hit it on a hit it on the head earlier just talking about this is you know your purpose now and this diagnosis was would you say it was a blessing in disguise
1: absolutely and I do actually emphasize that a lot mm-hmm. in a lot of my posts on Instagram because I do want people to realize that um becoming sick or getting a chronic illness or being diagnosed with something. Isn't your life sentence? Yes, it does define what you do from now on because it's important that you take care of yourself, but it doesn't define who you are. My MS isn't who I am, it's just part of me. And it's just something that has helped me find out how to live a better life and how to, you know, I obviously, my body was telling me, you're doing something wrong and you need to educate yourself and figure this out because. If you don't, it could get worse. And I so I took that as like a a light bulb moment, especially from my sister, to really just be like, Okay, this isn't, you know, my pity party anymore. I shouldn't feel sorry. I'm I'm this happened so I could get better.
0: Absolutely. And everyone who's listening in, remember you guys can check out Mario at what is it? Uh what's your Instagram?
1: MK Wellness Coach.
0: At MK Wellness Coach. So that's Maria. MK Wellness Coach. Maria, I've enjoyed listening to you. I mean, thank you. I could obviously, since I'm fascinated <laughs> by what people think, we could do this all day. But um, I know. <laughs> one of the uh, the final question I did have for you as well is yeah. one thing I always ask everyone who comes on is what is your uh, definition of fulfilling life's yearnings.
1: Um, my definition of fulfilling life's yearnings is finding something that makes you want to get up every day because today is Monday, and I was just browsing through Instagram, you know, like we all do when we get up, and a lot of the posts happen to be about, oh, like how awful Monday is, how like, oh my god, I can't get out of bed. It's like, then why are you doing what you're doing? Like, what is it that What is it that does get you out of bed every day? And, you know, for me, it's waking up, it's cooking, it's working out, like it's meeting friends for coffee, it's meeting clients for lunch. I enjoy all of it and I love writing and I love what I do. So for me, it's just finding something that you love about your day, you know, finding something you want to wake up to do.
0: Mm, and I did notice that one of those things you said wasn't money.
1: No, I mean, that's a byproduct of, mm-hmm. of you know, being successful in whatever term that means for you. Um, yeah, of course, I would love to have more money because I'd probably be able to do more things. But it's, you know, it's something that comes naturally when you have a good relationship with money. And it's something that comes naturally when you eventually enjoy what you're doing and you do it well. and um you know, I'm not focused on how much income I'm making mm-hmm. based on my being an entrepreneur right now because it's something that's you know, I can't control. So I I don't stress about it.
0: Right. You focus on your your circle of influence and and and, and don't worry about all the <sighs> the, the yeah, if money money we could have, all have
1: it's funny I saw this Instagram post the other day and it said um, something to the extent of like they felt like I feel sorry because all, all she has is money hmm. you know and that is you know when somebody when they have money congratulations you've got a lot of money but what else you know like Jim Carrey even talks about how you can have all the money in the world but at the end of the day what makes you happy so for me, I love what I do.
0: I love it. So everyone, I'm Blake Sule. That was Mario. Thanks again for listening in to Fulfilling Life's Yearnings. Again, that was Mario. Keo rhymes with Neo. I'm not going to ever forget it now. <laughs> I'm going to remember awesome. that. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Blake. <laughs> Thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much.